Amen. All right. Um, my topic tonight is um, is called a scout's oath. What's that? I'm gonna tell you what that is <laughs> shortly. Okay, I'm gonna tell you what that is shortly. But you know, I just want to start off by just giving a little brief testimony, uh, or just so that you all can walk with me over like maybe the last 20 years of my life. Um, I listened to Robert Stacks last night, and I know he mentioned, uh, you know, he came from a family where his parents had been married almost going on 56 years. My parents will be celebrating 50 years this year, and so I'm, I'm excited about that. And But uh, that comes with, you know, uh, it, it had, it did come with some pressure. It, it came with a lot of pressure, like, you know, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to... I'm supposed to get married. I'm supposed to have a white picket fence. I'm supposed to, you know, have the dog and supposed to live happily ever after and all that good stuff. Didn't quite work that way, right? You know, you know, it, it, it took me three three times before I found my wife here, you know, before God found her, you know, before he sent her my way, before I was actually listened to him, you know. But, uh, yeah, I went through, you know, a couple bad divorces. Horrible. I mean, it was, it was bad. I mean, you know, these things... Uh, those first couple marriages, again, they, they were done by me, clearly. I made those decisions. Um, blessed to have some beautiful children out of all of it. But uh, the things that I've had gone through and the uh, reasons and all those things that I went through going through these marriages, y'all, if I had the time to really share with you and tell you about it, I mean, you probably wonder, hey, how, how is this guy still standing? How is he still standing, you know? Why is he not in a nut house? Or why is he not locked up? Why is he not even dead? I mean, when I say bad, I'm talking about bad. You know, not just all of the ex-wives' fault. Oh, I had part to play in it as well, you know. We all do. But, you know, hindsight is 2020 as they say you know but guys I have uh, I don't know why I'm trying to be careful with what I'm saying but you know it's it, uh, uh, let's just summarize it like this the first marriage young right out of college figured I would you know save a young lady's life I met in church I, th I thought it was going to be a great thing didn't quite turn out that way you know she decided to just move on with her life without me and and be with her friend an alternative lifestyle her partner so that's the first round second round I had two beautiful children coming out of my first marriage uh, going into the second marriage exposed to this blending family thing and all that good stuff it's like, okay, should be no problem, you know. It wasn't a problem for me because my second wife had a beautiful daughter that was only a year and a half, two years old when I met her. And so I figured all would be well because we all, when we got married, my, her daughter was three. My kids were, uh, no, her daughter was two. My kids were three and five. I'm like, okay, we all won. We got this thing. I got three beautiful kids here. I love my daughter, my my daughter, my youngest. But 
I, I tell you, I don't say stepdaughter because she's not. I've raised my daughter since she was two years old. But my daughter, I love her to death. I had no problems. I felt blending, loving the children, and all that other stuff. So I figured, hey, everybody should be able to do it. It shouldn't be an issue. You know, so I'm looking at this lady like, hey, what you mean you can't love my kids because you don't like their mama? Are you kidding me right now? Pardon me. Right? So with all of that being said, that didn't go well after about seven years. I think the first one was seven years. And then the second one was seven years. I know they say seven is completion, right? But it shouldn't be that complete, right? <laughs> it should be that, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You, but I look at it now, you know, my wife and I, we, we've been dating and together for about seven years now. We go, we're in our seventh year. In our seventh year. But there was something that's now here that was not anywhere in the picture. Well, maybe it was in the picture, but it just wasn't exposed. It wasn't in my picture. It wasn't in the lenses that I was looking out of at that time, Pastor. You know, you know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't. It, it was not there. So as I'm going through in 2000, being put on anxiety medicine, all these meds because I'm just stressing out, having panic attacks, thinking I'm about to die, like, yo, what's going on here? What is this? I've never dealt with this before. When I gained 70 pounds when my son, my first child, was being conceived, I'd never seen that before. I was JR size, y'all, believe it or not. <laughs> I swole. My feet swole. I was like, what is this? This is crazy. This, this is crazy. This, this, this doesn't make any sense to me. I go on through a lot of counseling, men's group, all this stuff. And I tell you guys. I just became an open book. I was so used to going through all these different classes and all this accountability stuff. <laughs> I had my issues. I found out through all of my counseling that, hey, man, you got some issues too. You know, I'm like, this ain't about me. It's about what they did to me, man. What are you talking about? No, it's about you. So I dealt with my bout of pornography, sexual addiction, all that stuff. I went to SA classes. I did all that stuff. I joined all the men's groups and all the, ch all the churches and all this kind of stuff. I was looking for help. I was like, somebody sh tell me that I'm not the only one dealing with this. But I thank God I did. I'm so glad I did because I felt like going through all of this, and I never saw my parents going through any of that stuff. This couldn't possibly be true. I could not be living this life. You could have never told me that I would be on a third marriage with nine kids <laughs> before I finally got my rib. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Brother been starving for a long time, man. I tell you, just starving. Just starving like mommy, boy. It's crazy. I had no idea it was going to take that road. It was going to take all of that for me to get here. So it was just funny. I didn't know what you were going to talk about. You know, this whole resistance thing. And, you know, I'm like, wow, hold up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, my muscles have been stretched, <laughs> bent, twisted, everything. I mean, I've been just like contorted. 
I look like a pretzel over the last 20 years. I'm telling you. Inrecognizable. I, you just, it's just, it was just crazy. It's just one of those things, right? But I realized, I'm like, man, I said to myself, how did I get through it? How did I get through it? How did I do it? And I'm like, well, hold up, Ed. First of all, did I do it? No, no, I, I didn't do it. And, and you know when I finally realized that it was at the end of the end of the third, no, end of the second marriage, right? The second marriage, absolutely. End of the second marriage. That's what I said. Yeah. We the end, that's death. So we'll be no, we can't have that right now. Okay. So <laughs> Yeah, so at the end of that second marriage, I, I I went to this uh Christian counselor and uh gentleman asked me what I thought was a crazy question. He says, well, Ed, before we get started, you know, we're going to open up in prayer. I'm like, okay, so let's pray. We prayed. And his first question out of his mouth was, Ed. I said, yes, sir. He said, who are you? I was like, okay, I thought I filled out all the paperwork in the lobby area here, man. Okay, whatever, man, you know what I'm saying? But obviously, that wasn't enough. So I went on and told him, you know, okay, well, I was a married man. You know, I got this many kids. You know, you know, I played trumpet. I do all this stuff. I named all this stuff. And then he was sitting there looking at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for this man to respond. You're charging me $150 an hour. Come on, man. Say something. He looked at me and said, no. He said, that's what you do. That's what you do. Now, Ed, who are you? I was like, geez, man, this I can't believe I'm paying $150 for this. This, 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 this is just ridiculous, man. You know, I, I couldn't figure out what he was getting at. So I thought about it. He said, No, tell me who are you? What, what is it about you that makes you who you are? And so I was sitting there thinking, I was like, okay. This is going to take me to my scouts. Oh, right. And it, it, it all came back to me here recently because I thought about it. I say, you know, well, what was it that got me through all of the things that uh, I went through? Right. I believe someone who, I don't know who that was just came on the line. You know, when it, uh, they said, uh, you know, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he would not depart from it. All right, Proverbs 22 and 6. So I said, wow, okay. Let me think back to what I was exposed to as a child. What did I do? There was something that was inside of me that got me through all of the mess that I went through. I, I I, I, it, it just dawned on me. I could not figure it out until pastor said, Ed, I need you to speak. I'm like, okay. So I looked at the fact, first of all, that, yeah, I was raised in a church, Baptist. I was baptized at six years old, thought they were drowning me, didn't know what they were doing, whatever, you know, <laughs> but I was fully submerged. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but anyway, you know, so, but it was, um, it was uh, one of those Things. I just grew up in church. I was always at uh, some type of Christian retreat, going to world conferences, Baptist conferences over in Scotland and London, etc. You know, I was a part of a large ministry, so I had an opportunity to really be 
at this time, I had no idea that to be in the presence of God. I, I, I didn't know that. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking on that level. I just thought, hey, I was going on these retreats just for whatever the reason is. I was going X, Y, Z. And every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. over on Tucker C.G. Road, I would go over to Mount Carmel Baptist Church and participate in Cub Scouts, Weebelows, Boy Scouts, all these years, just in the Scouts. And I, so I was sitting there thinking, I said, wow, this, you know, this scout thing is, 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 is deep. First thing the scouts taught me was the scout oath. And I, and, I, and I still know it to this day. And it starts off, this is how we stood. <laughs> All right? This, this is not a gang sign. This is just this is, this is a scout thing. All right? This is what it is, you know? So it said, on my honor, I will do my best to do my duty to God and my country and to obey the scout law to help other people at all times to keep myself physically strong mentally awake and morally straight Two. that's what we do right <laughs> so, I was like okay so physically strong mentally awake mentally awake I've been speaking that into my life all through elementary junior high school and high school Mentally awake and morally straight. Of course, I struggled in all those areas, much like all of us. But again, it was being put in me. I had absolutely no idea. So the scout law, it had 12 points, right? And so it was, it was, it was a goal for each and every scout to, you know, to try to live up to this particular law every day so um, it wasn't always easy to do as we all know but again I want you all to walk with me these things were placed in my heart from childhood okay along with Sunday school every Sunday along with all the other stuff everything that was just placed in me all the prayers from grandma and all these other people that I had absolutely no idea what they were doing by in part in my life right so the first law, well, it says, well, first of all, I'm going to just read them to you. It says, first of all, the scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and the last one, reverent, reverent. So... And we had to say this every week. So I sat back and thought, I said, man, I was in the Scouts for about 10 years straight. And I'd been stating these things. I've been repeating these things for speaking those things into my life for 10 years. And I was like, wow. So I say that to let people know, first of all, all of us that are interceding for our children what they're going through or whatever don't stop don't stop because those things and we keep speaking those things into their life or whatever they not it will not leave them they will absolutely come back full circle at some point in their life it may be 47 years later like it did with me but I finally realized man that was some good stuff because had I not had those things and the trials that I went through, 
I'm telling you, I was one hand squeeze away from going to jail for the rest of my life, for taking someone else's life. Yeah, I was there. I was at that point. I had an attorney telling me, well, Ed, before you leave the house, don't just leave your house. You can't leave there. You got to hang around. She going to get everything. Go for blah, 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 this and that. I was like, in all due respect, sir, if I stay there, she'll die. That's where I was. That's where I was. So if it wasn't for me being mentally awake, if it wasn't for me being mentally awake, I would have went to the left. Big time. Second marriage, when I'm hearing, F your kids. I hate they mama. This blah, blah, blah. All this other mess. This and that. Who they think they are. I can't love them because I hate they mama. What? Are you kidding me right now? Whew. Mentally awake. I promise you, the hurt and the pain and all the anxiety, I could not, y'all, I'm telling you, the stress was so heavy on me, I could not drive to Fort Mill because the panic tax would just set on me just like that because I was out my, outside of my comfort zone. I recall being on Independence Boulevard one day. All Hades was breaking loose in my life. I hit a full-fledged panic attack in the middle of 5 o'clock traffic. I knew I had just passed Highway 51. I knew that was Matthews Man Hill. Everywhere I used to drive, y'all, I used to drive making sure and looking at the sign say, oh, there's a hospital sign there. Okay, so I'm good. I can go that way. Just in case something come over me, I'll be able to get off and get to the hospital. This is how I was living, y'all. This is how I was living. I made a complete U-turn over the median, over the grass part on Independence Boulevard to get back to Highway 51 so I can get to Matthews Hospital. I jumped out that car, left my car running, told him I'm dying, I'm having a heart attack, my life is just over, oh my gosh, what's happening? All for them just to pop me up here real quick, and I just mellowed away. <sighs> you know, now, I did ask them for a little bit of that before I went home. Okay, just being real with you. It was, you know, because I, 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 like, I didn't like the feeling. But you know what? It, 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 got me, it got me through. It got me through. I mean, at one point in time, I was on like three different antidepressants of some sort. I needed it to help me sleep. I needed something to help me get through the day. I needed something to help me do this. And I needed all this stuff. And at the same time, man, I was in school working on a master's. I was working full time. Popping pills. Gaining weight. Popping. I was like, man, I'm about to be Lenny Bias. I felt like I was just about to pass away. I just knew. I just... Y'all, y'all don't know how many times, and I never told my wife this, that I felt like if one more thing happened, I'm a straight die. I'm a straight die. It's over. And I think the last time that happened to me was when we were at Stonebridge four years ago, right before we got married. And I talked to Pastor. 
I had called him. You know, I don't know if you called him. Did I call him? I can't remember. You called him, right? I was sitting there. I was like, I'm done. I can't do it. I had just left court that day. They had just raped me for another three, four, five hundred dollars or whatever the case might be. They just handed it to me. It was $5,000 I had to come up with, right, before this day or I was going to end up in jail. When I'm only making, at that time, 30000 No, I just got laid off work, didn't I? I wasn't working. And I had to come up with $5,000 to stay out of jail. I had no way to even know where it's coming from. What am I supposed to do? I got home, man. I just sat there, and I was just whatever. And I was just wailing out, crying, and saying whatever. I just cried. And if it wasn't for the body, my wife picked up the, she came in there, she came in that room. She looked at me. She's like, you know what? She said, I'm going to give you this one last time. You can sit there and you can wallow in your pity. You can do what you want to do. All you want to do and this and that. This is the last time. You're going to get up from there and you're going to get it moving. We are not defeated. We have got victory in all of this right now. I love my wife for that. As soon as she sat there and read me the ride act, she going to do me another one. I'm calling pastor. <laughs> then I could pastor get on the phone with me. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, maybe I get a little sympathy or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And he's sitting there like, he basically said to me, yeah, what she said. What she said. I'm like, are you kidding me, man? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like. Man, I was done. I was about done with Pastor. Like, who's this dude, man? At this time, we were probably in the ministry maybe a year, not even a year, close to a year, maybe six months. And I'm like, man, tell me to get up just because you told me to get up. Are you kidding me? He was supposed to bring me some type of revelation, but he didn't at that time. So I got up from there, y'all. Still had no answer. I'm going to get $5,000. I'm going to be in jail. I'm going to be in jail. This lady sitting over here in a $700,000 home. Money out to yin-yang and this and that. And raking me over the coals. Raking me over the coals. $1,500 a month, y'all. Right now. $1,500 a month. But my wife has been at home for six months. Praise God. Praise God. How does that happen? How does that happen? How do we go from the dollar menu, baby? How do we go from the dollar store, the dollar tree, searching the internet like, man, which one of these dollar trees have a freezer in it because we know they got the dollar food up in there so we can feed ourselves, so we can feed our kids for the rest of the week. What? You got to be kidding me. And for me to say... <laughs> To have doubt that my God is good and whatever. Please. So to see my wife up here telling you all about where we've been and, and where she's been and what she's got going on and what she's getting ready to do. Oh, my gosh. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I know we're going to still have some lumps and bumps on the way. We're going to still get stretched, etc. But you know what? <laughs> There's no doubt. My wife used to get tired of me saying, baby, it's going to be all right. <laughs> Is that the best you got? 
Every time something come on, you always tell me it's gonna be all right. We gonna make it. It's gonna be all right. And I'm sitting there like, maybe I should call Pastor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, so so it's so yes, you know, so yes, we we have called Pastor many a times. Pastor Mel has ministered to my wife for hours on end. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and, and so it just goes back, you know. We got a, We got a, We got. We got a lot to be thankful for, and, and and I really going back to my scouts law and my. I am so thankful for the scouts now. I am. I'm thankful for my parents being aware enough to put me in scouts, to put me in positions, to put me around things that's going to at least stretch my mind, to keep me physically strong, mentally awake, and morally straight. Because I tell you, I was a statistic. I was I was going down fast and had no idea how I pulled out of it until here recently. We're sitting back thinking about it like, wow. I knew God's hand was on it, the reason I got through it, but I really didn't think about it like, where did it all start? Where did it all start? You know, what was he doing in my life at a young, impressionable age, at this young fella's age? Your little man starts there what he was doing in my life at that time, being exposed, having him in church every Sunday, making me sit down and listen. Shut up, boy. Sit down somewhere. You better not go to sleep either. All those things, retreats after retreat after retreat, all this stuff. I'm just like, wow. But I thank God. I thank God she showed me early on, and I, I, I didn't know that he was going he was preparing me at that time for such a time as what I just what I went through over the last 20 years because if he didn't I'm telling you I would have been I would have been lost so I sit back and think about the vision that my wife has for this ministry that it all ties together baby that we have got to and we owe it to our young man all of our kids to impart into them those things whether they want to hear it or not. And I've been resistant to that, be honest with you, with my own kids, you know, because I'm like the absent dad, you know, so when I'm the fun dad, when you come around, I don't want to discipline you. I don't want to have those serious conversations with you and tell you how good the Lord is and that you just need to do X, Y, Z. I don't want to have those conversations, but I have to. I have to. Had a conversation with my 13-year-old the other morning. Didn't get to see him much, but I pick him up, take him to school. Stop at Chick-fil-A or McDonald's, have a little breakfast so I can get a little time in with him. Find out how, how life's treating him. She's going through some things. She's a teenager. She's not liking her friends. She's not liking the school. She's doing all this other stuff. You know, and just listening to her talk and just open up to me and use some very strong words. You know, I just hate people when they like that and this and that. And I have to, you know, check people. I'm, I'm just going to snap on them and this and all. And I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, you're turning into my ex. Oh, God, what am I going to do here? No, 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 you cannot have her. <laughs> you cannot have her. So when they pulled up to the school and dropped them off, I was like, <clears throat> like one to twins, whatever, all hands in, y'all, all hands in. And I sat there and we prayed. And I, and I don't know what's going on in her school, what she's feeling, why she's feeling the way that she's feeling or whatever. 
but I knew after having this revelation about the scouts though that I don't know exactly what to say or how to say it but I got to say something I got to pray about it so that God can intervene and be in the midst so I, I say all this to say I was a scout I don't know what else you all do or what or what you all had what happened in your life but think back to the times when all of this stuff was going on in your life think about what happened when you were a child when you were able to dream when you were able to wake up without having to pay bills when all everything was just nice think about the things that you were exposed to address those things whether it be good whether it be bad address it because those things are very important to our mental health very important to our mental health and now that we have a beautiful family here our pastors here that are imparting such wisdom into us that's really helping our mental health put all the pieces together y'all we all have brokenness we all have things that we've gone through that have just uh, crushed us and felt like it was going to take us out just felt like it was going to take us out but we don't have that excuse no more as pastors say y'all been told Y'all been told, hopefully something I've shared with you this evening will, you know, trigger some memories in your mind or you could think back to that you can take the, you know, take, take, you know, the focus off of what you did to get through the situations that you went through when you had absolutely nothing to do with it. Had absolutely nothing to do with it. It's all in God's plan. But we have to recognize that when we're being stretched, we have to take the teachings and everything that pastor is important in us, and we have to apply them as much as it hurt. <laughs> yes, it hurts. We've got to do it. That's all I got. Thank you.